This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 973. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 12.04 is the time you're listening. Was that different from usual? They seem, to have a, they seem to have a refrain going on or a double bubble on it. But anyway, it is. Guess guess what? Yeah, he's right. It's Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. Uh, if you want to book your place on the board, do it now. Be quick. 0345. I used to say it's the busiest time of, of, of the week, this um, 12 till 1 slot on Thursdays. But to be honest with you, my phones have gone so bonkers for the last six months that I, I'm probably going to have to change that little catchphrase under trades descriptions uh but if you do have a question that needs an answer uh, i'll go into a little bit more detail about how this works in a minute if you're not familiar with the feature but if you are familiar with it and you've got a question hit the numbers now you will get through oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three and if you don't get through judicious use of redial is the answer because we're sorting wheat from chaff all through the hour the question or rather the point of this is to get answers that you haven't been able to find anywhere else, okay? So if you've got a little mystery bubbling away in the back of your brain, a who, a why, a what, a where, a when, a whence, a whither, even the occasional wherefore, then you ring in, you ask your question, and somebody else listening knows the answer. The only actual rule, hard and fast rule, is that you're not allowed to look stuff up. So if you're providing an answer to the question, I'll ask you how you know. I'll say, what are your qualifications? And you'll tell me. And it could be anything from, oh, I saw it on telly last night, to... I have a PhD and I'm the visiting professor of semantics at the University of Wisconsin. I mean, right across the board. Your, your qualification just means how do you know what you just told me? It doesn't, you don't have to say sort of bag of gymnastics, award three, or cycling proficiency at Starport Police Station, Sircar, 1983. Um, six minutes after 12 is the time. The, the, the next two things are sort of items of advice rather than rules. Don't be boring, okay? Never be dull. So if the question is a likely, if the answer to your question is likely only to be of interest to you, then unless it sort of walks a weird tightrope of surreal humour, it's unlikely to make the cut. So, so save yourself tuppence on, on ringing in if it's going to be about roads, for example, or, or miles per gallon or mysterious exits at esoteric roundabouts. And similarly, repetition, which you can actually do a little bit to help. You can do the... Um, uh, the website can go and have a look at the archive at lbc.co.uk and find us an exhaustive list of questions and answers that we've dealt with in the past. But, you know, otherwise it's our job. Jones the Engineer, who, who um, regular listeners to the programme. Do you know that the audience has gone up by over a quarter since you left? Did you know that? It's incredible. I and mean, he worked with me for, for the first 11 years that I worked at LBC, but he, but he clocked off last year. And um, I don't know the audience figures have gone through the roof since. I don't know if there's a relationship between those two phenomena, but he's back. Um, and he actually does have, like me, some memory and knowledge of questions that we've dealt with in the past. So for the first time this year, we might actually be able to invoke the repetition rule with a degree of consistency. Seven minutes after 12 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Let's get mystery out. Let's get this party started. Helen is in Sheffield. Helen, question or answer? It's a question, James. Carry on. I want to know how high the average garden frog can jump. The reason why I'm saying this is I have a chronic frog phobia and I've had to redo my garden, take all the grass away, um, hire the fences, have limestone chippings down. Oh, hello. I was going to start. Horrific. I was going to take the mickey out of you, but this is no laughing matter, is it? it really, James, I love my garden, but it's, it's got too much. 
So we've taken the fence right down into the limestone chipping so they can't get under. There's no water around. Like a rabbit-proof uh, fence, but for frogs. Yeah. Um, and they... I've got, a, I've got little dogs that go out last night, so I thought I was all clear. Oh. Um, I've already had one frog that got in, but James, these aren't just normal frogs. They're like mutants. What? what? Last night, um, I did... I'm sort of putting my head out just to check yeah. if it's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, and I thought if we took the fence from four foot to six foot, I thought they were jumping over, and I wouldn't know if this is possible. You can't jump four foot the over your fence. The security light triggered off last night, uh, and I thought I maybe had a cat in the garden. James, when I went out, on my patio, was three frogs three. All on top of each other, walking across the patio. What, three so frogs on top of each other? On top what? What do you mean on top of each other? Frog sandwich. Like a frog block? Yeah, manger, yeah, manger toi. Same to you, madam. Thank you. All right. And I can't understand... I would where are the fr- So what's the question? How high can a garden frog jump, or where are the frogs on my patio coming from? How the heck are they getting in? Because there's no possible way of them getting in. Are they jumping over? It's unlikely. So the fence is four foot high? No, it was raised from four to six. You've, done, you've put it up already? I thought that was just on the to-do list. So it's a six-foot <laughs> fence, and it goes all the way around the garden... And down what, into the ground. What about the drains? Could they be coming up the drains? We don't have drains on the back. All right. I'm just thinking out loud. Don't be so dismissive, uh, Helen. I'm trying to help. I was going to suggest the frog had been dropped by a bird, but I don't get how you get a triple-decker frog. That wouldn't be dropped by a bird. It looked like a hamburger. I, it just, it, but it was, it was, they were moving pretty quickly, and it, enough to trigger off the PIR on the security. I went out, and I thought it, so I was expecting a cat. Yes. And I... Have you... The screams across my face. Oh, you poor thing. I did hear it in the studio. Absolutely shocking. This is going to sound... This is going to sound rude, but in advance, I swear to you, this is a sincere question. I can't think of any other way of phrasing it. But have you sought psychological help for the phobia? And you know what? That's that's a serious question. I know. Yes, I have. And and no good. Didn't work. (laughs) No, someone said... um, uh, we'll help you to fight your fear. And yeah. I just, I did try, God knows I did try. Sorry, did you? Um, we, we, we tried it, uh, just doing a bit of gardening and I had to go out and put my hands near the plant as best I had. Um, and I'm sort of, I'm, I'm like on a bungee, James. I'm right. sort of putting my hand down and coming back at 200 miles an hour if I th- think I've felt a frog. Um, and I once did think I've felt one and I nearly fainted and it turned out just to be an old bulb and I just had to boycott my garden. Well, I, I feel for you. I really do. I had. I mean, frog I mean, phobias can be funny sometimes to others. But but some people are frightened of buttons and clowns and balloons, and, and you don't take it seriously. But where does it stem from? This is quite an odd mystery. How it's turning into amphibia now. Someone tell Steve. What? What? Um. What? What? Where? It, it, it stemmed from when I was a child years ago, and I was um, sunbathing with a friend in the garden. She could have a, a pond. Yeah. So only probably about twelve, thirteen. And I, and I said to her, the grass is move, moving a lot, and there was no wind, and she said... <laughs> Go on. But it's, not, it's not the wind, she says, it's the baby frogs jumping. And, and that freaked you out? <sighs> as soon as I knew, because then as soon as she told me what they were, I stood up and these little tiddly things started jumping up all over. And that was and it? It's like a plague of frogs? Like, I was like Roadrunner. It's in the Bible, isn't it? The plague of frogs. And there you were, and then you've never looked back. It was Basset Hounds with me. Someone said, and for a million, we have a we, ha, we used to have a, bu- a pub in Sheffield called the Frog and Parrot. And are, are you is this some sort of elaborate wind up? Uh, You've got a frog phobia, and you used to have a pub called the Frog and Parrot. James, 
Helen. I'm in. All right. Let me just tell you. Go on. There was a there was a cage, and it had a parrot, and it had a, a bullfrog in it. And the night's takings used to go in and used to harvest and put the um, money in each cage. Yes. And if you could put your hand in, it was a nasty parrot, and it was horrendous, like a Canadian bullfrog. And if you could put your hand in to touch either, you would get the, the takings that was in that box. Blimey. For a million pounds, I would not put my hand on a frog. That's how bad it is. Um, I've got some bad I, news. I what? You, they're probably toads. Well, switch it then. How high can a flipping toad jump? Yeah, but they probably live in your garden already. They live underground. They've probably got a nest in your garden. They're not. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, they They're have. Not. We have the... No. Under the patio. I need an what? answer. All right, all right, all right, all right. I've got ninja frogs. You haven't got ninja frogs or toads, but whether or not, whether... I, I, my mum's in Sheffield next week. Do you want me to get... I'll get her to pop round. She'll chase them out of the garden. <laughs> I need therapy and someone tell me how to frog-proof a garden. Well, can you frog-proof a garden? That's the question, really, isn't it? Help. All right, I will. I, I, do you know, I've been desperately trying to find some puns relating to the word croak or similar in the course of this entire conversation, but I got nothing, Helen. Don't tell me to hop off. <laughs> Get some help for Helen. You remember her? She used to, she used to have the frog and parrot. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number that you need. Um, good grief. Well, all human life is here, and indeed amphibian life. Rachel is in Putney. Rachel, question or answer? Question. Carry on. I've listened for years and years and never asked you anything. And here you and are. You probably think this is idiotic. I certainly would. Maybe you'll be. Yes, you might be able to answer it. Oh. If somebody has a gin and tonic or a whiskey and soda or something and doesn't really want it and leaves what? it. What? How bizarre. Who would possibly yes, find this? This is my husband. <laughs> a strange man. And, <laughs> and the next day, at least a day after, he or I will finish it off. Yes, but... But I can't taste any alcohol. And I want to know if alcohol disappears like perfume would. Oh. Is that idiotic? No, I don't think it is. It's, it's going to be about the dilution, isn't it? So you think if you leave a gin and tonic overnight and you polish it off in the morning, you can't taste the gin in it? That's right. So has the gin evaporated, but, right. but the tonic has essentially remained? Absolutely. It seems unlikely, doesn't it? Well, yes, but I don't understand it. Is it because when you're necking them in the morning, you've still got the taste of toothpaste no, in your no. mouth? <laughs> it truly isn't. We're very old. We're very, very ancient. You're and very I asked fair. my husband, and he said, I don't know. <laughs> and that, that was very annoying, because he thought it was an idiotic question. Well, I certainly don't. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. You're very welcome. I shall, I shall find out for you. I don't, we, we, that's one for Professor Hal, I think, probably. We, we need a scientist. So... Um, how high can a frog jump, or, or how can you frog-proof, toad-proof a garden, and does the alcohol in a mixed drink, a gin and tonic or a whiskey and soda, does it evaporate, leaving behind the, the, the non-alcoholic constituents of the drink? If you can answer either of those, I'll give you the money myself. It's 12.15. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 20 minutes after 12. I've got a, quite a dipsomaniac streak in my listenership this morning. Philip's been in touch with, with regard to that question about alcohol evaporating. He says, I think I had alcohol evaporation issues just this morning with my whiskey and Coke. The booze must have gone because the ice melted overnight and diluted the grog. I, I, you know, I drink too much. I think no secret of that. I don't think I do, but, every, but my, everyone else does. But I, I would never wake up in the morning and polish off leftovers. Well, I would never have leftovers, actually. I, what is wrong with you people? It's astonishing. Uh, but anyway, that's one of the questions on the board. Does alcohol evaporate even when it's in solution? That's the word. Dilution solution. And can you frog-proof a garden? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Andy's in stains. Andy, question or answer? 
It's a question, James. Carry on. My daughter Nancy would like to know, she asked me the other day, where does the phrase getting down off of your high horse? She's reading her book and she said to me, Dad, what's that mean? I said, well, I tried to explain to her what I thought the meaning was, but why... It means sort of get over yourself, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty much what I explained to her, but where, where does it come from? Um... Isn't it? It'd just be physical, wouldn't it? Whoever had the biggest horse would be the snob in the in the group. So come down off your big. You're not going to take that, are you, Andy? Nor should you. With all your education and training, you should know. You really should know better than that, James. Well, it, yeah, you're probably right. But it, it might turn out to be as simple as it sounds. But I'm not going to be able to go definitive because I'm speculating. So get down off your high horse. I mean, stop being so conceited. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How old's Nancy? She's 13. 13, perfect. So she should be she should be con- contemplating and considering these things. Might give Wayne Basildon a chance to get on air as well with his, uh, his, his encyclopedic knowledge of the Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable. So I want the origins of the phrase, getting off your high horse, get off your high horse. I want to know whether you can frog-proof a garden or how high a toad can jump or frog. Or, or you look, Helen was on for 10 minutes. You just just help her, will you, if you can? 0345 And the alcohol evaporation question. I like that. Havel is in Norbury. Question or answer, Havel? Um, a question, please. Uh, Good afternoon. Hello. I would like to know why microwave ovens have uh, dark tinted glass, not a clear, so that you can see through easily. Yeah. So would I now, actually. I think mine... Has mine got... Yeah. I mean, even ordinary ovens have a tinted uh, glass, but the microwave is even darker. It really is dark, isn't it? It was something to do with, with uh, I don't know, maybe it's not glass. I mean, why am I talking, Havel? Uh, I, I, yeah, I think there's no room for guessing here. Somebody should... That's very polite. You're a very diplomatic man, Havel. <laughs> I like your style. Because you could have just said, Joe, shut up and get someone on who no, knows. No, no, I wouldn't say that. No, I, nor would I. Nor would I. I like you, Havel. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you stand on frogs? Um, I've actually, I've seen frogs in my garden, and there are no ponds or any source of water around that area. No, same it might be toads. They travel, they travel a long way. I think, I think, I think the next caller is going to, is going to, she is Helen, it's going to be Helen's worst nightmare. But uh, anyway, I'll get you an answer. Why do microwaves have such dark glass? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Take care, Havel. Doug's in Barnet. Question or answer, Doug? It's an answer, James. Go on, mate. So my garden is um, kind of, uh, it doesn't have any ponds or any water around, but unfortunately it does have a lot of frogs. Why unfortunately? Why have people got a problem with frogs? A lot of people do. I love frogs, I must admit. So not unfortunately for you. Unfortunately for my wife and daughters. Oh really? Oh dear. (laughs) They're a little bit, um, yeah, when they see them it's uh, daddy please help. Yes. But um, I have seen them many, many times actually climbing fences. Of course. Not not on the flat surface of the fence, but uh, where the fence connects to the wall or, or somewhere else. And, um, yeah, it doesn't matter how high, high they jump. They're going to find a way out. They can climb. We, we could have sat. It's like a riddle, this. We could have sat there for hours, because we automatically, as soon as she said, how high can a frog jump? Everyone's thinking of jumping. But actually, the, yeah. what you should have done, you should have been like Sherlock Holmes and gone right back to the beginning and removed jump from the equation and simply ask how frogs get into gardens. Yes. But, um, I mean, unfortunately for that lady, there's really not much she can do. I guess uh, something might find a frog and... Uh, where are they coming from? Where, where are they coming from? 
Yeah, but the cat, cats are bad answer because our cats bring frogs into the house. I mean, that, that, I mean Helen's already having sort of the shivers. Well, once once they find their way into the garden, they actually do end up spawning in the garden. So we've had tadpoles in the mud, for example. Um, so they're very resourceful and uh, industrious in terms of how they actually spawn. So, yeah, it's fascinating, and they're a fascinating creature. So, but uh, there's nothing you can do because it can climb. They can yeah. climb, so there's nothing you can do unless you sort of creates a dome-like structure in her garden, turns it into a, into a sort of giant polytunnel. Yeah, I mean, if there's any positives for the lady, what they do is they do take out mosquitoes and flies and other insects, etc. So, but we're talking about a weapons-grade phobia here, Doug. A little bit of mosquito management. Yeah. It, it's not going to cut any mustard at all, is it? She needs to watch a bit of David Attenborough. Yeah, hopefully he can talk her around. Uh, yeah, and then become... It's funny you should say that. I've actually got a, a, a picture of David Attenborough on my T-shirt today. How weird is that? <laughs> Brilliant. This is seriously, I have. Well, no one's going to believe me because I'm on the radio. It's ridiculous. That, Doug, great work. Oh, hang on, come back, come back, come back. Doug, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm you know here. what you get now, don't you? Oh, Jones, he still remembers. Uh, thank you very much. Well played, Doug. Um, James, James, my first time calling in. I've got a bit of a head cold. Sorry if I sound a bit croaky. <laughs> <laughs> Jones is back. James is in Rickmansworth. James, question or answer? Afternoon, James. Question, please. Carry on. I've been religiously listening to the podcast, and there was a question recently that, well, it wasn't recently, it was about a year ago, that was asked that wasn't answered. Yes. And it was, why is my beard ginger? Well, someone rang in to ask a question about your beard. Well, no, not specifically (laughs) my beard, but... But, yeah, it's, it's something that all of my brothers have. There's no ginger in our family, but we all have ginger beards, and I have no idea why. My dad was the same. My dad tried. Mum always used to joke about when he tried to grow a moustache shortly after they first met, and it came out ginger. And my dad had jet black hair. What colour is the rest of your hair? Uh, same again, jet black. Jet black hair and ginger jeans. Jet black hair and a ginger tash. Sounds like a sort of 1960s song. I'll find out. I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is going to be. Quite boring, though, isn't it? I can imagine, but like. We all look really strange. When well, don't grow a beard, then. I mean, that's the, you should shave more. That, do you get? I mean, have you got? Do you get ginger stubble even if five o'clock shadow? Uh, no, actually, it's not. The stubble's fine. It's yeah. Just when you start growing it out, it just turns ginger. Ginger central. Nothing wrong with gingers, but but obviously, if you've got black hair on your head, you don't necessarily want a ginger beard on your chin. Basically, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want ginger eyebrows, would you? It's, it'd be quite. They can look a little, a little bit Boris Becker, but he's got bigger. He's got bigger problems to worry about today. Mind, mind, there you go, James. I'll get you an answer to that. I promise. How long ago was it? A year or so? It's been a long time coming. Let's see what we can do. Come on, oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Ginger beards, high horse. We've done the frogs. What else is on the board this one? Oh, alcohol evaporation. That's an urgent question that needs an answer. There's one other as well. I'll, I'll consult my notes. John's in Feltham. John, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Carry on, John. It's, um, get off a one-tie horse. Oh, yes. I was doing a project with my ten-year-old just after Christmas, and he asked me what high and mighty meant. Yeah. So we went to the library and we researched it, and it was pretty much what you said, that the rich people in those times wanted a more expensive and more um, higher horse than the commoners. So as they rode in, they'd be looking down on the people that were less fortunate themselves. And high and mighty and um, get off your high horse are basically the same thing. Seems pretty seems pretty convincing to me. So it li- literally would just be you associated the, the, the local aristocrats with the people on the big horses. Whereas And they see themselves as more superior than obviously the... Yeah, they'd be looking down their nose. It probably comes from that as well. Well, they looking down your nose that someone might have something to do with horses as well, you know. Well, my son asked me what the high and mighty thing, yeah. and because they didn't look any bigger off the horse than they did on, so... 
Oh, we yeah, of course. The library and researched it. Yeah, it's all down to the horses. It's all down to the horses. Do you remember where you found it? What, what, what book it was in or anything like that? Qualific- it, it was on a, a book of medieval England and it was to do with the noblemen and how they actually were assigned their land. Mate, you are a legend. Can I, can I, can I, would you allow me to say that's top quality dadding? Oh, thanks very much. No, thank you very much for reminding the rest of us how inadequate we are when we help our children with their homework and their projects. Well, listen, the internet's such an easy tool, but then again, if you actually have to look on the internet, a couple of clicks of the button and you know it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what Mystery Hour's about. It's about the pleasure pleasure of discovery, the pleasure of knowledge, and look what what it's got you. It's got you one of these. Look at that. You're very kind. Thank you very much. Nice one, John. Mind how you go. It's coming up to half past twelve. Ginger beards, alcohol evaporation. What else have we got? What else is on the board? Can we remember? Is there anything else before? I could do Fro- dunt, frogs, horses, ginger. I think we're all right. It's just the booze and the beards. We've got still on the board, which means there's room for loads more questions. Uh, 03456060973. John's in Perth. John, quickly, what question or answer? Oh, microwave doors as well. Come on, Jones, mate. Keep up with you. John, question or answer? Question. Go on. Have you ever been gruntled? I like these questions. I know you've been disgruntled. I certainly have. But have you ever been gruntled? Can you... Is there, there are other words like that where you only get the diss and that you don't know if... Yeah, and I was thinking of them, but I can't think of any... No, nor can I. Pressure's on. It's like when you ask someone if they know any jokes, isn't it? Disgruntled. <laughs> gruntled. Gruntled. Can, can gruntled be an adjective? Is, is there an adjective gruntled? Yeah. I like it. I, I, like it. Is. I think you should start using it. Oh, I, I will, yeah. I'm feeling very gruntled today. Are you? I am, no. Yeah, they you got on, you got on the radio. Even worth a clap. Well, let's not get carried away. Uh, <laughs> there you go, from gruntled to disgruntled in, in four seconds flat. <laughs> it's half past twelve. Simon Conway has the headlines. Councils in England. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. 12.34 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Mystery Hour is underway. I love this. The ginger beards question. Richard's got in touch. So funny. It was my question about ginger beards that didn't get answered, James. It made me chuckle to hear it get mentioned again today. It must have been a long time ago, though, that I asked it, as the ginger bits have now gone grey. Loving the show. Keep at it. So listening to Mystery Hour turns your beard grey. Turns your ginger beard grey. Love it. Stick it on a T-shirt. Tristan is in Bury St. Edmunds. But, but, uh, question or answer, Tristan? It's an answer. Carry on. It's the microwave doors, why that they are tinted. Yes. Um, they're, they're not actually tinted. Basically, there's a, there's a sheet of metal on the inside of the glass with Ooh. lots of little holes in it. And it's to stop the microwave radiation from escaping out through the door, out through the glass. So that otherwise you within the microwave. Yeah, otherwise you'd be cooking yourself if you stood too near it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Perfect answer, I think. Qualifications? Um, I asked my dad when I was about fourteen when we had a microwave and he found out and told me that. That's one of my favourite ever qualifications. That's absolutely (laughs) absolutely lovely. Have a round of applause. (laughs) Yes. Great work. There you go. Two top dads there. Tristan's dad and John, who, who took his boy down the library to get an answer to the high horse question. 12.35 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Rachel's in Manchester. Rachel, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James. Carry on. Um, so, dog years. Yeah. Why is it it's seven years, right? Who made that up? Why did they make it up? Yeah. And can it apply to anything? Like, can you do, like, cat years or frog years or... Why have we never had that before? What, what's, what, what the hell are dog years all about, is the question, really, isn't it? What, 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 who, yeah, what why? Is it? 
why what is it is it one year is seven years in dog in dog world maybe just to bring a bit of parity with humans like these aren't answers it doesn't make sense it doesn't when a dog reaches 15 you know it's not like i don't know well my dog reached 20 and it wasn't 100 it wasn't acting like it was 150 human years 140 i don't know what that is no well you wouldn't why yeah who i don't know what it is weird like what's going on i don't know now you got me you got me all all discombobulated there's another word discombobulated yeah but you know never hear anyone say that i am not combobulated you are you don't sound combobulated gruntled i shall make you gruntled rachel by getting you an answer (laughs) to this question (laughs) dog years it's just dog years what's that about then oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is gruntled a word Uh, to be fair that's not i mean i I liked it because i'm a big fan of words and and lots of people who listen to the program are as well you jackie's already picked up on the combobulated well, Matt wants to know whether or not you can be whelmed, um, dismayed. Anyone ever been made? Actually, don't answer that question. So, but but it, it, I mean, you could find out so easily whether gruntled was a word or not. That I, I won't take questions like that again. But I'll leave that one on the board. Alcohol evaporation. In a, if you've got a gin and tonic and you leave it, will the gin evaporate but the tonic remain because of the whatever it is the scientific phrase? Why do people with black hair sometimes grow ginger beards? Microwave doors we've done. And dog ears, what's that all about? Where are we going next? Uh, Stuart is in Orpington. Question or answer, Stuart? Oh, hello. It's a question, please, James. Carry on, um, Stuart. Just been wondering, um, if you've ever been detained at Her Majesty's pleasure... Not yet. Do you actually get... <laughs> do you actually receive a telegram when you're 100? I, I don't imagine there's ever been a 100-year-old in jail. Well, I meant in or out of jail, really. Oh, what, if you've been imprisoned and then let out again, would you get a yeah. telegram? Why, mate? Yeah, how old are, how, how old are you and what you, what were you in for? No, 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 nothing to do with that. I, I just wondered. I'll, I'll have a, a friend. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> how, how old are you, Stuart? Um, 50. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do so. What is it? Is it people in prison, or is it is the question? If you've ever been to prison, do you still get a, a telegram off the Queen when you turn a hundred? Yeah. or kind of is a sort of you just you know if you haven't been in too long, you know you can have one. <laughs> I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued by why you want to know about this, mate. It's just one of those stupid no, things. It so isn't though. I'm not buying that for a moment. You've got someone in mind. I know you have. <laughs> haven't you? No, no. I yes, you I have. <laughs> <laughs> Family, is it, or just a mate? Just a mate. <laughs> Let's find out for you. So if any, anybody listening who's over 100 has been in jail, did you get a telegram off the Queen? 03456060973. Thank you, Stuart. Paul's in Sydenham. Paul, question or answer? Uh, it's a few answers, actually. No, just the one that you cleared with Caroline. Okay, yeah, well, it's the alcohol one, um, and basically I used to work in a bar, and alcohol does evaporate a lot quicker than other things. If you, if you deal with electronics, for instance, you might clean a circuit board with alcohol, because it evaporates before any, anything can go wrong. Um, yeah, no, I know, no, 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 you've misunderstood. We know that alcohol evaporates, but does it evaporate when it's in a, in a solution with something like tonic water? Does yeah, well, the... well, it evaporates quicker than water, so it would evaporate quicker than the tonic water would. So the rate of evaporation is, is a lot quicker. So if you work in a bar, for, exi- for instance, at the end of the night, all the bottles have to have caps on. No, but that, that, oh, yeah. no, but but it's 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 the, the, the I know you're right about all of that, but it's I don't know what the science is of the solution. Does it really evaporate? Does a solution? Because once it's dissolved, it's a liquid, and I don't know how a constituent part of that liquid can can evaporate faster than another constituent part of the same liquid. 
Well, the alcohol is a liquid in the first place. If you add them two separate, separately in, in glasses, one would evaporate quicker than the other. If you mix them together, that one would still evaporate quicker than, than the other one. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes, because weights and measures, yeah. the people that stipulate that a drink has to be a certain a volume at a certain um, um, amount of alcohol, yes. stipulate that you have to have um, the bottles covered at the end of the night, Otherwise, the alcohol content changes and you can't sell that. Oh, no, that, that yeah, point. sorry, I, that was relevant then, the fact that you have to leave the lids on, because it would be the alcohol that was evaporating, and then whatever else is left in the whiskey would be staying behind, so it would be a less... So, so the, the lovely lady who rang in, her gin has evaporated overnight. J- James, would I be able to add to the microwave question? Oh, y- yes, because I was a little bit brusque with you on the, on the, on the bottles thing, but don't, don't spoil it, don't take away anyone's round of applause. So, no, no, I, I wouldn't. He, the guy was right, it's got a mesh on it, and basically the holes in the mesh are smaller than the wavelength, so the wavelength can't get through. You're very clever. And that's about it, and, and uh, I've got another answer. No, let's leave it now. No, no, let's just take your round of applause. Count your lucky stars. No, thank you. Hang on, Tony's in Kingsbury. Tony, question or answer? Answer. Go on. The word you're looking for is volatility. Ah, I didn't know that. Alcohol is volatile, much right. more volatile than water, for example. So it would, so in a if mixture. You drink out overnight, the alcohol will evaporate. But more importantly, your caller said it doesn't taste of gin and tonic. Yes. And the reason is because the, the extract of... Um, the berries that are used Juniper. to flavour the gin... Juniper. They're also volatile. That's why you can smell them. That's why you smell gin. Oh, if you can smell it, it's evaporating. No, it's volatile. No, but if you can smell it, that's... You smell it. You what? No, that's what I mean. If if, if the the simple fact that you can smell it means that it's volatile, it means that it is evaporating. Oh, that's lovely. It's volatile. It's not so much evaporation. All right. Well, it is. Mm, Evaporation's slightly different. That's the heat. So it's sublimation, then. No, sublimation is when something turns instantly from solid to gas. Yeah, it was a frozen drink. <laughs> <laughs> what are your qualifications? Our scientist, I phoned you a couple of weeks ago. I thought so, yeah. I like that a lot. Volatility. So it's not evaporation, that's the wrong word. Well... Because volatility is a noun. What's, what's the verb then? What is happening to the alcohol as it makes its way from the glass to the, to the ether, to the, to the atmosphere? It is, well, evaporation tends to be more for water, but um, for, for organics, it tends to, organic substances like alcohol, it tends to be more volatility. Yes, I know, but what's the verb? To be volatile? No. Volatility? No. I don't think there is a verb. Well, there you go, we should invent one, shouldn't we? Nah. Why not? It's, it's volatizing. It's volatizing. Anyway, the best way is to put it in the fridge and cover it. Yeah, always. always. Round of applause for Tony, even though we... It, yeah. I like that, you've, you've embellished on the answer, I like that a lot. Grant's in Lewis. Grant, question or answer? Answer. Go on, then. It's, uh, it's the, why do we get uh, the occasional ginger uh, hair in our beard? No, that no, wasn't the question. Article. That wasn't the question. Ah. He's got black hair and a full ginger beard. And a full ginger beard? Yeah. Well, I, all I know is from reading an article years ago, because I've got a good ginger friend and we used to do some research on great ginger facts. Yes, good. Good and for you. It said that uh, uh, all of the hairs uh, that come out of the body have got a coloured sheath over them, whether it's uh, black or blonde or whatever. But ginger hair is the is the actual follicle underneath. So we all have ginger hair, just with a various colouring over the top. And sometimes, if you get a genetic throw up in one of the one of the hair follicles, it will come out without its sheath, and that's why we get the ginger hair come out. Wow! The really interesting thing is that this came from the police wanting to get a photo fit from DNA evidence at a scene 
they really wanted to get a picture of someone from DNA, which is way in the future. But the very first thing they could do was hair colour. And the very first hair colour they managed to achieve was whether the person was ginger. Well, I never. Who would have thought that researching gingerness could have yielded such nuggets? <laughs> I'm going to give you a round of applause. Oh, lovely. Thank e- you. E- even That's though you didn't good. answer the question that, that we're trying to answer, I was just such a sort of general general feeling of warmth. You left me feeling very gruntled, Grant. Good, good. I'm glad to... <laughs> Keep up the good work. <laughs> Thank you, and you. Everybody's gruntled. Olive is in Epsom. Question or answer, Olive? Oh, hello, it's a question. Carry on. Um, you know it's very hot at the moment. Nah, it's not, is it? <laughs> hang on, hang on, wait there, Olive. Alert the news desk. Carry on. Um, anyhow, why is it when you drink a very hot cup of tea, it cools you down? Ah. I think I know this, but I usually explain it wrong. Oh. This this takes me back to my days as a building site labourer, Olive. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not very long days, but I did do it for a while up in Doncaster. And I presume when they sent me to get the teas, I bought them all a tea. I thought they were all mad. It's a hot day. We're building an extension on 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 a, on a, on a little house near Skipton, and um and I, they sent me to get the teas, and I, and I and I've got myself a coke from the fridge in the cafe and brought the teas back for the lads, and they all laughed at me and and explained to me that if you drink a hot drink, it 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 heats you up, so your body starts trying to cool down. But okay. you're not you're not going to take that, are you? Well, I don't I don't know. It seems a reasonable answer to me. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of right, but I don't sound persuasive enough, and you're just being kind. <laughs> well, th- yes, that's true. <laughs> yes, I thought so. I-, I will get you an answer if it kills me. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Why does a hot cup of tea cool you down in hot weather? Because theoretically, it shouldn't. It's like two wrongs making a right. Hot plus hot equals cool. It really does. A hot drink cools you down more than a cold drink does in hot weather. Um, at least I think it does. Dog years, what's that all about? We're running out of time and we ain't got no answer. Jones is back, he's messed everything up. Alcohol evaporation we've done, ginger beards we haven't done. So dog years, hot cups of tea, and gruntled and a telegram for, for, for Stuart, Stuart's mate, who's done a stretch, but he's going to be a hundred soon. Is he going to get a telegram? It's 12.46. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. It's ten to one. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Let's crack on with uh, uh, the, the questions that are still in need of answers. Why do hot drinks cool you down in hot weather? Dog years. Where do they come from? What 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 are they for? What are they all about? I'd love to get an answer to that one. Um, and ginger beards. It's another one as well, was it? Gruntled. I think we kind of know it is a word, but if, if, if you can find it used in literature, I'll give you a round of applause. Alex is in Frinton on Sea. Alex, question or answer? It's an answer, James. It's an answer to the uh, ginger beard question. I was, I've got to say, I'm very nervous. I'm so nervous my kidneys are hurt for some reason. And I'm nervous because, (laughs) because last time I ever called was the first time I ever called a show. And it was a year ago and it was about ginger beards. And it was the question about why do we have ginger beards? Yeah. So, uh. Well, you've done it, so you've answered it already a year ago. No, I asked it. Oh, well, ri- but we've had a, someone else has asked it as well. Richard know, asked it a I few. Can't believe he, it! I was heartbroken to hear that because it was my question. But, but he probably asked it years ago. You know what my memory's like. It's, I can't oh, believe there's only James. two. It's two people have asked it at different times in history, and they didn't get any answers. So have you got an answer now? I do. I I discovered it after I didn't get an answer, unfortunately, on this Sorry. Hour. So I Googled. I know. I know. Sorry. So I googled. I know. I know. I know. Don't worry. Right. So yeah, I googled I'll it, let you down. and I looked it up, and I even heard it in a podcast as well. Funny enough, and it turns out that um, the body has recessive and dominant genes. Yes. And uh, some people have 
recessive ginger genes that could have been down, passed down the family for years and years and generations and generations. And they don't really know what to do with themselves, so they pop out now and again in uh, different parts of the body. So sometimes you get a ginger beard and a full ginger beard, not yeah. you know, not the one or two little strands of hair, full. I've got, like I said to you last time, a full, full, full ginger beard. I mean, super red. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the hair is, you know, dark brown or black. Uh, so. Actually, I, I mean, my beard is a different colour to my hair. It's just not as stark. So it is just simply the case that it, you really, really notice if it's ginger. You know, I grew up in Dubai, and in Dubai, a lot of the men, uh, the Pakistani men, would dye their hair with henna, yes. and it would go orange, and they used to think that I did it, but it was just natural, oh natural. Oh natural, your henna yeah, beard, I like that, and I just got you a round of applause, so that's the first time ever anyone's answered their own question on Mysteria. I know, it's exciting. That really is exciting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's like history. This is incredible. It's like Ian Botham playing for Scunthorpe United and playing cricket for Somerset. You've done something sensational, Alex. Thank you. It's amazing. Thank you. No, James. thank you. That's brilliant. How are your kidneys before you go? They're feeling so much better. Thank <laughs> God for that. Gruntled. 12.53. Phil, Tainmouth, question or answer? It's an answer to dog years. Oh, yeah. What's that all about, then? Um, well, I've been... Many moons ago, I was in the vet with my guide dog, and yes. somebody looked up this. Uh, many vets have this uh, chart for dog years. Oh, do they? Uh, apparently so. Yes, my black lab was seven at the time. Yeah, in in, hu- on, in what in what years? Normal human in, year. In, in yeah, our, yeah, our years. Yeah, and on this chart, he was fifty-two. Uh, a Jack Russell was forty. And a Great Dane would be 70. And if it's Great Dane is 10 not to live much beyond um, uh, 10. Well, labs, great. Labs typically 13 or 14. Okay. Where Jack Ruffles can live till, you know, well into their teens. And it has no bearing whatsoever on cats, because our cats regularly live into their late teens and early 20s. So, what are they for? They're just made up basically but why <laughs> they have no bear the bigger the dog generally speaking the bigger the dog so something like a, a great dane or a, um some bernard or whatever the shorter their lives tend to be sadly and the smaller the dog the longer their lives tend but to the, be. i mean we would th- we thought it was all the same we thought seven years no, no. per year for a dog i mean you've no, just made a complicated question even more complicated well it's not complicated well, it is complicated because you don't know why it was done in the first place is it so that you can normalize life expectancy for example well, it probably is, you know. It, it's completely made up. It has no bearing. What, well, then what, why is it on the wall in a veterinary surgery, then? It must be science. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. I am listening. On, on, on the wall in the veterinary surgery, it said, if my, my dog at the time was seven in our lives, yeah. in our years, yeah. and he was a, he's a black lab. Yeah, you so, said all that. I know all right. that. So, had he been a little tiny dog, he would have been 40, but he wasn't. He was a medium. Yeah, but why do they do it? Why is it? Why? Why, Phil? Phil? Uh, I, that I don't know. All I can tell you is seven is not... Uh, it's, it's not... Oh, man alive. That poor girl in Manchester's going to be going out of her mind. She's going to be profoundly disgruntled. I'm going to give you a round of applause because you're a top fella, <laughs> all right? But, Thank you. But you have to share it with your guide dog. Right, fair enough. Right, <laughs> Thank you. Carry on. Christian is in Brentford. Christian, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Carry on, Christian. Um, it's about the hot, well, hot drinks cooling you down. Yes. It's to do with... If you're making yourself feel hotter, because of how you perceive temperature, it makes the hot weather feel colder. So if you, let's say you're 10 degrees, hypothetically, Mm. and it's 20 degrees outside, if you make yourself feel hotter and make yourself hotter, the difference in temperature is less, so you don't feel the heat as much. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. So it raises your temperature. So the... I, I don't want to say raises your temperature because obviously if you're... I, I don't know if that's physically true. But, but it makes you feel temporarily hotter. And then the temperature difference is... So therefore you're yeah. not going to feel... So the heat on the outside of you is not going to feel as oppressive as, as it does when you've got more heat inside you. Yes. Qualifications? Uh, I'm a radiographer. It doesn't in any way answer how I know that. I no, well, no, a qualifi- I, don't, I mean, you know, <laughs> I've got a BSc of all things, but how do you know what you just told us? <laughs> uh, it's just a thing I've, I've found out over the years. All right, I'll give you that. I, 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 I like it. It's nothing to do with sweat. Obviously, sweat does cool you down. So a hot drink might make you sweat, and that might cool you down, but no, a, c- a hot cup of tea doesn't make you sweat, does it, really? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I like that. Anyway, you got your round of applause. Christian, good work. Paul is in Homefirth in West Yorkshire. Paul, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Go on, mate. It's your, um, this, I forgot the word now. <laughs> Gruntled. Disgruntled, yeah. Um, <laughs> etymology, I, do, I like a little bit of etymology now and again. I'm Me just, too. I'm just, I'd like that, James, to be honest. There's nothing you know, sad I mean, about it, mate. Know, knowledge, watch, knowledge watch, is power. Yeah, I watch QI all the time and you go, oh. And then, and then it makes you go off on a tangent. You think, oh, now, now, this, you're right. Obviously, usually, you're right and wrong. <laughs> okay. This, usually, from the Latin, means the opposite of, so disallow, not yeah. allowed. Yeah. But sometimes it goes back to old, um, Middle English. It's sort of, well, um, that a bit later than that, around the 1600s, 1700s. But this was starting to be used to mean very. Okay. So... So dishevelled is another good good example. It means very heavily. But di- di- so does gr- gr- but, but gruntled is a word though. So so, so gr- gruntled in the past is is an unused word meaning literally from grunt. Oh okay. So you're very you're very grunty. I'm disgruntled. Very grunty. Now I think. Oh, you buy- hang on a minute. I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna take some some outside. You buying this, Sheila? <laughs> not buying anything. She's no, saying, she's not no. having it, Paul. So, and then I think apparently, like, as a bit of a jokey, because people often think of this meaning opposite. Yeah. That in the 1930s, people started jokingly using the word gruntled um, to mean happy. I think you've but, nailed it, because it pops up but, in one of the P.G. Woodhouse books. Yeah, so in the 30s, it, it started to mean happy, but really... Oh, no, this, this is strong. Is meaning ve- this is meaning very... And it's just from the word grunt, and gr- gr- I think back in the Middle English times, like gruntle might mean you know you just you're just a, you're a bit, bit of a dirty and pleb. Gruntled, you're very gruntled. <laughs> oh, so, Paul, I'm going to give you a round of applause. Wow. Speaking of dirty Controversial. That, I, I like it, though, because it is in one of the Woodhouse books, but that explanation explains why. I think it does. It's likewise well, like gormless, isn't it? People without any gorm. Gorm. My dad used to... Now, Yorkshire people talk about gorm. Do they? Yeah, yeah. So there's someone has no gorm? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that... Or does have gorm. It's, 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 no Ruth? No, Ruth. Ruth is in the Bible. It's a name, though. No, I think there's Ruth. You should demonstrate Ruth. Dude, I, Kindness. Oh, you're showing me up here. I good, think I could be proper. wrong. I, I could be making it all this up. This is what happens when you dare to engage with Mystery Hour, Sheila indeed, Fogarty. Indeed, indeed yeah? it is. Yeah, right we, back in your sh- we, corner. Uh, you know, Jones, Jones the Engineer's in the house. I do. Should we fire it up? Should we fire up the Fogarty? <laughs> Thanks.